Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America, boys and girls. He's Jeremy, I'm Ian Canfield. Boys and girls and everyone in between, they, those, them. We're inclusive here. All of them. All of them. Every it there is. <laughs> right. Dogs, cats, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever you choose to identify as for the duration of this podcast. Cactus. Korean. That's in the news. <laughs> Um, if you want to listen to uh, any old podcasts, they're at digiamerica.com. That's also uh, where you can uh, buy one of our lovely t-shirts or send us any messages should you feel so inclined. On social media, I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. And uh, when we get to uh, Song of the Week a bit later, I'll, uh, I'll give you an update. But if you want to vote for Song of the Week, you can do that at Ian Camfield on Twitter or at digiamerica.com. Right, let's get into the biggest news for America right now. Bill Cosby's a free man, everybody. Who saw that coming? Well, when I saw Bill Cosby come up in my news feed, I was in the gym yesterday and I thought, oh, well, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, that was my in- right, a- right. A- initial... Instead, we got the fake death news about Biz Marquis. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, yeah, um, he's out. He did, what, about two two, two to three years, yeah, I think? Yeah, I, uh, I saw a tweet the other day. Er, yesterday it was like oh the pennsylvania supreme court must have saw a free b and a y at the end and got it completely wrong because you know <laughs> on the same day that bill cosby got freed Brittany had her conservatorship or whatever denied there's that great meme going around uh that says uh everybody Free bit, uh, free Britney, and then there's a photo of the uh, porn stars people going, "Yeah, free Cosby's the best I can do." <laughs> I, uh, you know, I. It's fine. We we could definitely joke, and we I've made jokes about the Britney conservatorship, but there's there just seems to be a major flaw here. Like we talk about how great America is mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, you absolutely love America. I have plenty of America fuck yeah in me as well. But you should see you should see the size of the flag cookie I've got in my fridge from Tom Thumb for Fourth of July. Oh, we're splitting that after this pod. Oh my god! Carry on. They this just when you look at America yesterday and you saw what happened there, that has to describe like the major problems with what our country is. Now we have a lot of things in America that we may not be perfect, but we do better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And you know. You can argue all you want about police, government, medical care, military, whatever it is. I will hear both sides of the argument. I will hear it out, and I will understand both sides of the argument because that's just kind of the person I am. But when it comes to the judicial system here in America, while I'm no expert on the rest of the world, and I'm sure our judicial system is the crown jewel of the world, that doesn't mean it is not horribly flawed when – You see, time and time again, a system that is built on either A, who has the most money, or B, 
who can find the most loopholes. Mm, mm. And that's essentially what happened here. Bill Cosby found a loophole and admitted rapist. Literally found a loophole that said he doesn't have to be in jail because he already admitted to being a rapist. Yeah. Meanwhile, Britney Spears just wants her money, but the court is saying, well, you don't have ownership of that money, and we only care about who has the money. So you know what that means? She doesn't get the money. Who uh, who gets Bill Cosby's lawyers next? Britney Spears or Marilyn Manson? She has to be so mad that she didn't hire the right lawyers at this point. Hundred percent. I you know what's weird is I, so again it just kind of shows that in the end it's all a system about money. I had a friend who she she got a DUI and by no means do I think that's okay. She should have been punished for that greatly. And she has been, you know, she's dealing with the whole legal system and whatnot. But one of the one of the uh, probationary things that she got for be- having a DUI and alcohol offense is she had to get drug tested. And if she fails for weed, she goes back to jail. Mm. What what does smoking weed have anything to do with a drunk driving offense other than the fact that it's a way for them to get more money out of you? One more example. The one time I went to jail, only one time I went for, I was 19 years old, I got pulled over, I had less than a gram of weed on me. Long story short, me and two other friends all went for having a little bit of weed on Did us. Did you do more time than Bill Cosby? Well, sadly, I didn't because my mother was understanding. She said, it's a weed offense. I understand that you smoke weed every day. I will come get you out right now. She bailed me out, and she got me a lawyer. And within a year, it was off my record, and it was never even known that I was in jail until I'm talking about it publicly here. Mm. One of my friends who was arrested with, he didn't have the money to go get a lawyer. He didn't have the money to get bailed out. And instead, he dealt with the repercussions of that case for probationary at least a year and probably still to this day deals with the effects of it. Mm. For an amount of weed that I smoked before coming to this podcast today. I seem perfectly fine to you, don't I? Absolutely. There you go. So, uh, Bill Cosby, uh, we've got the report of uh, his uh, post-press uh, conference. He went home, he enjoyed pizza, and he was cracking jokes on his first night at home after his uh, prison release. Well, pizza just does that to you. Well, I mean, apparently he ordered uh, Zio's pizza, which was his favorite pizza to get delivered um, back in the days pre-jail. Um, Instead, new- he was just eating Lunchable pizza in jail. <laughs> the, he wasn't too fond of that, I the, guess. The, uh, the the, the news reporters got like a, a, a picture of Zio's Pizza. I'm sure that chain are going, oh no, don't like, this isn't the publicity that we wanted. Quick pizza tangent. <laughs> I went to this restaurant here in DFW. It's called DeLuca. This place is, a, have you ever been to CeCe's Pizza? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, it is a combination of CeCe's Pizza and like one of those Brazilian steakhouses where they come around with the different meats and slice you off a little piece. It is high-class pizza, and they just have waiters coming around serving you different slices. I crushed probably 20 slices of pizza. This place is freaking incredible. Do they, Go on. Do they want to sponsor the podcast? They better, because I, first of all, they have a dessert pizza that's <laughs> Nutella and cream. It is... We'll get cost- back to Cosby in a second. Right. You mentioned pizza. It brought it back in time. This place is... You have to try it. If you like pizza, this is... Uh, like steroids pizza. Uh-huh. This is Barry Bonds knocking 700 homers pizza. Okay. 
Back to Bill Cosby. So um, I like the fact that um, because he's been released now, he's now trying to completely turn everything around. So his thing about ordering a load of pizza to pig out on after being in jail for a bunch of time was he wanted to highlight those restaurants that have been hurting from the pandemic. So, so <laughs> he doesn't know about the pandemic. Suddenly he's wanting to support local business. Yesterday when he did the press conference, he kind of made it try, try and turn into him being a pioneer for the whole Me Too movement. He might as well have been standing there in a t-shirt that said 60 women wasn't enough. I'm, right? just, I'm just wondering, like, when's the stand-up special going to happen? Well, I'm wondering that as well, because he said that he's now hoping to get back to comedy oh. now that his conviction has been overturned. You know what's weird? Your oh, first sorry, stage of that... First stage of that is him and OJ on the golf course on Twitter, oh, right? No. Imagine if they team up. All right, I'm sorry. I know it's heinous. I would go see that show. <laughs> you had Charlie Sheen in there. That's a $300 ticket. I'm just saying that the, uh, I mean, again, this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but OJ's videos, mostly from the golf course on Twitter, kind of entertaining. I think, oh, absolutely. If you put Bill Cosby on that golf course as well, because it, it, this is what, if I was Bill Cosby's agent, I'd be going, Bill, I know, you know, you think that you've been uh, completely exonerated now and uh, you're supporting the local pizza business and you're the, you're the Me Too pioneer, but I'm afraid the phone from the TV networks is not ringing. Even those edgy ones that are subscription-based and think they can do some out there stuff, what? they don't want you either. Have you considered starting a YouTube channel from the golf course with with OJ. Wasn't, wasn't Bill Cosby supposed to be going blind in jail? Like, that's, again, I think the weirdest part about all this is I actually wanted to bring this up a few weeks ago that's on the podcast. That's why he wanted the pizza, because if you lose your eyesight, you got a better sense of taste. Oh, he's like, oh, he's I'm, like, I'm, really, need this pizza. I'm really appreciating he the like, pizza now. You know, it was weird that Bill Cosby was in jail. Like, he was absolutely deserving to be in jail and should have, honestly, probably spent the rest of his life in jail for what he did. Mm. But every time I thought about the fact that Bill Cosby was in jail, it it almost didn't seem right because we've been taught to think of this guy as, like, this great, you know, almost holy person. Like, he's this perfect man. And, like, it. so the image of him is, after, you know, 40 years, is hard to go away. Right. Because he was America's dad. Exactly. Yet, the moment I heard he was let out, I, I mean, like, I was disgusted and in shock. And you think, like, all right, well, he's an old man. Like, he's going to live out his last days at home, probably on house or something. But, like, no, he's totally free. And it, he literally, in the, there was a video of him when he was leaving. Like, he looked at the camera and did, like, a little, like, I got you lean. And, like, he was celebrating. Mm. Like, he, he, went, he went to a Philly radio station. He's doing the press release tour already. He's no out way. There. He he's went already to a, done an interview. It, on a Philly radio station. And, we, and he didn't come to Did You America. Um, no, not yet. We have no poll. And we're there the one we're the ones suggesting that he starts a YouTube channel on the golf course with OJ. New York producer, road trip to Philly. <laughs> yeah. Go knock on Bill, Bill Cosby's house. He's got great pizza. Wouldn't have drinks with him. <laughs> Yeah, stay away from the juice. <laughs> Can you imagine he's Both. Like, <laughs> the OJ and the literal juice? 
<laughs> Bill Cosby says to his legal team, you did a great job, I'm taking you out for drinks. They're like, no, you're all right. We got, we, Britney's on the phone. And then apparently we've got, we've got a Zoom with Marilyn Manson. I love it. I just, again, Marilyn Manson, you, again, we've now heard multiple claims about him. Right. But he, he must think he's going to get, I mean, because Bill Cosby, it, it was 60 women, right? Marilyn Manson must be reading these stories going, I think I'm at about 25. Marilyn Manson knows he's fine. You know why? Because he has money and he hired lawyers that know the loopholes. Because we have a system mm. fully built on loopholes is why legal arguments are a thing. It's why we continuously argue things like abortion, gun rights, social justice, LGBTQ rights. Like Those are all things that get argued because yeah. they've gone through so many loopholes that an actual answer is impossible to come by at this point. How pissed off is Louis C.K. right now? Again, he's like, <laughs> why does no one notice me? I did nothing compared to this. I just got my cock out. I didn't even go anywhere near their drinks. It wasn't like he was in public. He wasn't like the weird dude on the plane, like, hey, look at my dick. <laughs> did you see the um, the BBC clip? This became a thing on uh, social media. Um, you know, I like trash talking the BBC because they're a Marxist propaganda service that the, that the UK has to pay for. I'll just remind you again, because Americans can't get their head around this. The BBC is funded by a thing in the UK called the license fee. So it's not like you choosing to have HBO or Showtime or Netflix or whatever. If you have a house in England, every house in England, apartment, house, whatever... It's a legal requirement that you pay an annual license fee for the BBC, which I think is now about £150 per year. So that's like getting on for $200 a year. It's, a le it's like an extra tax on you. It's a legal requirement that you have to pay for the BBC. Talk about rape. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Maybe. A little too soon. So, uh, and as a result of, of that, the BBC is the most over funded overstaffed operation you can possibly imagine so yesterday on their news you know the news that so many americans say to me oh my god the bbc news it's just so great it's the only news source you can trust they're amazing they're doing the bill cosby story and they go to a reporter who's in philly to cover the whole thing so imagine this bbc news anchor in the studio reads the introduction to it goes live to the reporter i, I, I can't i think she was outside the courthouse i think this was was before Bill Cosby went home and started dishing out pizza, you know, to help the local economy. <laughs> um, live reporter from Philly doing the report referring to Bill Cosby as Bill Clinton. Oh, that's not who that is. And then it, and, and <laughs> no. then it, and then it went back to the the news desk in the studio with a very kind of uh, embarrassed-looking anchor on the news saying. In a very BBC British way, just to clarify, such and such reporter uh, referred in that story to the serial rapist now free from jail as Bill Clinton. She, of course, we were actually not talking about the former president. We were talking about the entertainer 
Bill Cosby. The future president. I'll tell you again, and also for the benefit of people who were, you know, the few listeners that we've got left in uh, the UK, you pay the equivalent of $200 a year for this service, and they can't even get their Clinton from their Cosby sorted out. I'll give them credit for this, though. How quick were they for the apology? That's ultra-wokeness. Usually you have to wait, like, three segments and a bunch of social media anger before you get the apology. Uh, they came right back and were like, oh, our bad. I think uh, Hillary was on the phone going, Oh my god, they're about to bring out the Jeffrey Epstein pictures again. No, we can't do this. So that's what those emails do. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, all right, one one more question, because this came to me uh, earlier on today. If you had to take a date to Thanksgiving, Cosby, OJ, or Marilyn Manson? Oh my god, I well... Hmm. Is there someone in my family OJ might find attractive? Okay, maybe, so that's a no. Bill Cosby is definitely creepy and has the drugs on him, but, you know, he's old, he might not get away, but, you know, I do have that racist grandmother, so she, that's probably a no. <laughs> I do like some of Marilyn Manson's music, and he does seem scary and, like, he might eat my younger relatives, but, yeah, I think by default I have to go with Marilyn Manson on that He'd one. He'd have to have all the air conditioning set to as cold as possible because, you know, he likes a, he likes a dark... It's like a vampire freezing cold room. Yeah, and a coffin and some garlic. He, well, no, he's he doesn't a big, like big, big fan of uh, just cold rooms and dry ice and that kind of thing. He would love me. I love air conditioning. The um, I think the question is is I mean, do you want OJ to carve up the turkey? Oh my god! It's basically because here's why here, would you do that as I'm drinking water? Here's the here's the <laughs> here are the options. Do you want OJ to bring his knife to carve up the turkey, <laughs> or or BYOK, or do you want Marilyn Manson to bring his now represented in various lawsuits Nazi knife to carve <laughs> up the turkey? Yeah, you have an issue bringing the Nazi knife. OJ, you're coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah, bring yeah. your golf clubs. We'll hit the links. You know, Marilyn Manson this week has agreed to uh, um, hand himself in for uh, the, the 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 minimum charge. That thing that we spoke about a few weeks ago that's still outstanding in Massachusetts. Some someone in the audience has got a problem. I think because the, the, it basically comes down to the fact that they're saying that Marilyn Manson they were a security near the front of the stage or a photographer. Is I think it was photographer, and they and they and they want a load of money from Marilyn Manson because they say that he came to the front of the stage and basically spat on them I don't know that it was intentional I think it might have just been you know Marilyn Manson's very hot and sweaty on right. stage and they were up front so they want a load of money from him like and Marilyn Manson's gone that one I'll admit <laughs> to that one and uh, I'll, I'll just take the Cosby lawyers because if we say yes to that one all the others go away so in right? two years he'll get off because he said no I already admitted to spitting in someone's face so I can rape apparently <laughs> yeah I uh, I wonder I, I wonder who will be first to get those lawyers Britney or Marilyn Manson? Probably Britney's dad at the cost of Britney. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, uh, our friend Paul Kane sent us a message saying that um, cosmic powers were at work again because the woman who caused the Tour de France crash has now been arrested. I don't know if we can claim this. I feel like the the, the whole world's attention was on that. And she was, uh, you know what it was? She probably thought, oh, thank God, Cosby's out. I can now leave the house again. They're never going to find me. But it didn't work out that has way. Has she released her brand of yellow bracelets yet? What's her cool slogan? Well, I mean... Arrest she... strong. <laughs> it was a four-day search. Again... 
This is what happens when you're a lazy European and you take siestas in the afternoon. <laughs> if you, it took four days to find this person in France because they all have a nap in the afternoon. Well, there's all those ills they have to deal with. Uh, the police haven't released any other information yet. Um, but uh, apparently at least one rider had to withdraw from the race because of the crash. Um, and the race is going to continue on uh, July 18th. So, they, I mean, Wait, I, so they've now stopped the race for two weeks because of this? I don't know. Well, again... I thought it normally goes, like, consistently for two weeks. Lazy Europeans. Uh, even though it's a race, they'd probably be like, All right, 2 o'clock, everybody, bikes down. Are they just, like, completely changing the rules? Because they're like, we don't have Lance Armstrong. Americans do not care. We have to do something to get them more excited. We're only going to have one stage every three weeks. That'll work. Uh, well, you know, considering that uh, since Lance Armstrong, this is the first time the Tour de France has been in the news, and definitely the first time since Lance Armstrong, anyone in America has... Has, has paid attention. I don't see why she'll get away with this, and then uh, I mean, again, the Cosby lawyers could be extremely busy. They're like, okay, on two of the France woman, Brittany Manson. Let's just, <laughs> like, it's, you know, like when when, it, when you see on the TV shows where they've got like a big board and they're putting up the different post-it right, notes right. and everything else. They're, they're going like, okay, this is this is what we need to do. So uh, Marilyn Manson just says, yes, I put my balls on the security guard or whatever it was, photographer's head, and then that that one goes away uh, Brittany will deal with that later this woman this woman she, sh- she should just be on TikTok doing updates from the Tour de France to keep America's <laughs> attention right? right they should hire her as like their main analyst right a hundred percent that'd be great shit, that would but that could be that that could absolutely be the way forward she's the new uh, Terry footballer Oh, 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 Bradshaw. She's the Terry Bradshaw of cycling. <laughs> of all announcers. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I just... I would have won, you know, Romo, Collinsworth, Al Michaels even. She's the new Romo of cycling. Perfect. It could absolutely work. So I think that could be the case. So yeah, uh, Paul, I appreciate that you think that our cosmic powers are such that we might have caused her to be found. I, I don't know. I think that was... Uh, I feel like uh, she actually wanted to be found because there's a whole load of... like She should have a PR team and everyone on site. She should be getting a, an endorsement from some sort of cycling company. I don't know. I'm starting to think Paul might be right, though, because you know a collection of French policemen definitely live listen to this podcast and they're probably like oh ho, ho, we didn't even know about these case and then boom they found her I do think however our uh, psychic powers have been uh, at work in other areas Corpse Grinder our friend from Cannibal Corpse how's he back in the news got a t-shirt out oh, of course he does now let me ask you does it say anything about how that t-shirt feels on his nipples? No, but it does say that it feels great on your neck. In fact, the t- <laughs> the t- not too constricting. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> so this guy, Corpse Grinder, if you don't know from Cannibal Corpse, he's got a massive neck because he's done so much headbanging to Cannibal Corpse. Right. And we've been talking about the fact that he is basically moving Cannibal Corpse into popular culture. They used to just be what most people would consider consider an unlistenable death metal band. People with, only knew them by name. Yeah, with some very amusing and or very, very offensive song titles. <laughs> but then suddenly, this guy with a fat neck is doing workout videos online to show you how to get a fat neck. Suddenly, he's getting news coverage because his other great skill, apart from um, guitar playing and having a fat neck, 
is that he's great with a claw machine, so much so that he takes uh, toys out of claw machines and donates them to children's charities. And now he's got a Respect the Neck t-shirt. I think this really was our cosmic power. We said, I I just said uh, about two months ago on this podcast, I got a feeling that Cannibal Corpse are going mainstream. Now, boom. Consumer products. I'd want that t-shirt. What, respect the neck? Yeah, I respect the neck. Again, I don't... Um, the key for a band like Cannibal Corpse is the same... It's the same thing with, like, you know, a, a while ago what um, people like Iron Maiden and Motorhead achieved where they had more people than ever wearing their T-shirts and about 80% of those people had never listened to their songs. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be hard to get the Cannibal Corpse T-shirts into Target. <laughs> well, no. have you ever been to Target's rock and roll T-shirt collection? They've got a section for that. Oh, absolutely! That's all these shirts that you see of people with random bands when they're little kids. Those all come from Target and/or Walmart. Oh, I thought that is Topshop a thing here? Does that exist in the states? That, Not that they, I know. But they're, maybe. A, they're a UK chain, and the point at which like Maiden and Motorhead T-shirts started appearing at Topshop that was when you know like influencers and, and people right, like that right. started uh, yeah, wearing same them. Same thing here. I don't see it like that. Uh, influence influencer from the UK who's decided that he wants to be Korean the best thing would be that suddenly he starts posing with his new Korean look and a respect the neck cannibal corpse t-shirt right well then he he combines looks he's like BTS slash cannibal corpse and just rocks the fat neck right I mean I don't the, the, the best thing going forward now would be some sort of cannibal corpse Gangnam style crossover <laughs> I've listened to that like, musically speaking that might be the way forward so yeah we absolutely will take the credit for uh, for uh, the cosmic powers at work with uh, Cannibal Corpse. I think we can also take uh, cosmic power credit for the fact that there is now a new Glenn and Henry Forever animated book out. Now, I brought this up, I can't remember in connection to what it was uh, a while ago on the podcast, um, and said uh, that there was this uh, comic book series where Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollings are living together in a gay relationship. And, and you never heard of it, I think, like most no. people, but as a concept, you loved it, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just amazing. And um, and we mentioned that, and then suddenly today, they make an announcement that there's a new volume coming out, and this is great. In the new book of Glenn and Henry Forever, their gay relationship is still going strong, but Hall & Oates move in next door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've never been a big comic book fan, but I think this is the series that's going to get me into it. I've never been into comic books either, but seriously, don't you want to read these stories? I mean, it's... I, I want a Marvel-style movie of this. <laughs> Instead of, like, action, it's just, like, dudes blowing each other. I don't know that it um, it gets that graphic. I oh. think I think they're just like <laughs> well, it, it, it's more <laughs> it's more like a do- <laughs> it's more like a domestic bliss setup where like Henry and Glenn will go like okay Glenn it's your turn to cook the dinner I'll do the dishes kind of situation <laughs> and then like um, uh, Henry will go Glenn have you taken the garbage out tonight that kind of thing I, do you remember the SNL like old cartoon the ambiguously gay duo yes that's yeah, kind of yeah. how I see it like yeah they're superheroes and they're saving the day but occasionally they get into gay antics you know <laughs> I like the idea we were discussing off air about the, 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 the which one of Hall and Oates was gay 
And as I was about to tell Jeremy a story off air, I suddenly thought to myself, I don't actually know if I know for a fact that either Hall or Oates are gay. I think they just appear like that. <laughs> right, because I immediately assumed one, and you were like, no, it's the other. And then we agreed, it's probably both. I don't, <laughs> I don't think... So we started... Again, this is like the idea, you know, uh, Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig, clearly not in a gay relationship, but wonderfully depicted in this comic book series. So I'm guessing that Hall and Oates moving in next door is going to be like the, the, the same thing. And so I don't know. I, let, let's say that as far as we know... Um, Hall and Oates are both straight. But if you type into Google, is Daryl Hall gay or just Daryl Hall gay, you get the most amazing response. So I did that because, you know, I like to do some research for the purposes of this podcast, right? So you type into Google, Daryl Hall gay. And the first thing that comes up, is Daryl Hall gay? Question mark. No, Daryl Hall is definitely not gay. He's been in several relationships with many different women, and he has a son, which uh, proves that this is incorrect. Yeah, that sounds I, like a cover-up. I read that, and I'm like, oh, now I'm suspicious. Second thing, if, uh, if you type into Google, Daryl Hall gay, is Daryl Hall of Hall and Oates. Who is his boyfriend? Question mark. <laughs> and so I'm thinking there again, for the, for the, for the purposes of keeping this uh, podcast balanced, uh, I think it's actually probably true that both of them are straight. Not that it would matter if either of them were gay. But you look through Google's obsession with this, <laughs> and if no wonder the, the makers of Glenn and Henry Forever have moved Daryl Hall and John Oates in next door. You, your whole storyline is basically on the first page of a Daryl Hall gay Google search. I'm, by the way, in the idea of not wanting to uh, stick to stereotypes, unlike Jeremy, I did not jump to the conclusion that the gay one in Hall and Oates is the one who's got the gay moustache. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to assume. I, you know, I'm actually a real big fan of Hall and Oates. I probably like Hall and Oates a little bit too much, which I think is probably the case for everyone. Right. I always, By the way, while you give this story, I'm now going to do a search on John Oates gay. Just to, to make that sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just comes balanced. up, have you seen his mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I, so, you know, I always kind of considered Hall and Oates to be, like, the straight version of Wham. You know, like, Wake you up, wake Me Up Before You Go-Go is pretty much just, like, the poppier, fruitier version of You Make My Dreams Come True. Right, so, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. But now that you're you know telling me that you, you, they both might be gay, no, my don't. whole world is getting flipped up. Uh, Did George Michael really love pussy? Uh, you know, only one of Wham was gay. Really? They both seem so gay. Well, I think have you was... heard "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go"? <laughs> yeah, because the straight version of that would be "Wake Me Up Before You Go." Oh, right? okay, I get it. Andrew, Andrew kept one go. George added the second go. Um, You're still looking for if he's gay? I'm looking at the... Uh, there seems to be... A, oh, hang on a minute. Um... Oh, apparently John Oates. So that's, again, there's a whole world of discovery that comes up here. Um, John Oates apparently revealed to a reporter that the Hall and Oates song "Rich Girl" is actually about a man. Now what? that's oh, rich girl. Also, see again. Now I'm starting to think were all those George Michael songs see, really the, written about women? The demo version of that is them going, "Oh, he's a rich girl." <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 Girl, you rich. 
and the management are going, Daryl, if you sing it in that tone, you're never going to get a TV show about doing construction. Right. Well, I was going to say, like, that's kind of when we were having this discussion where I was a little surprised about, like, if you've seen Daryl Hall's live at Daryl's, I was like, what he's kind of looked like now as opposed to what he looked like, he's like, He's kind of tried to put on more of a macho, like, country-esque vibe to are you, him. Are, are you starting... Where John Oates is still rocking the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> He's letting you know right then and there. Well, what I want to know, though, is, like, so, as we say, it seems like, although this is a fun discussion to have, both Hall and Oates are straight and have probably never blown one another. Um... What I would like to know is, like, I want to get some quotes from them on what they think about being Glenn and Henry Forever's new neighbours because it's been quite well documented that Henry Rollins thinks that the cartoon is hilarious and Glenn Danzig is furious about the portrayal. <laughs> and he's like, I make horror movies and sing Mother! God damn it! I feel like Danzig has never been, like, accepting or happy about anything, though. Like, I, I remember seeing a tweet from him one time that was just like I'm not this I'm not that I hate all of you leave me alone yeah he is uh He's uh, super, super angry. One of my friends um, who's a manager, and he's managed a lot of people, um, took on the management of Glenn Danzig for about five minutes. And uh, it was when he came to the UK to do some shows. And uh, he wanted to do a a few interviews, but he didn't want to do a lot. He didn't get on with most journalists and all all that kind of thing. So my buddy said, look, I'm going to... suggest that Glenn Danzig does an interview with you because I was doing the metal show in the UK at the time and I did a lot of interviews with people he's like you know you know about him you'll do a good interview I feel like if I take him to you he might do a few more interviews and that kind of thing so anyway he came in and um, he's very Glenn Danzig like I make sure and again I'm not the biggest Danzig fan I like the hits mother yeah and dirty black summer do you know that one no i know mother it goes dirty black summer and it goes mm, ah that was recorded at glenn and henry's house <laughs> that, that bit <laughs> um, <laughs> ooh ah that's that dancing getting passionate right i was like no that was glenn <laughs> That's when he says, Henry, says, Henry, says, says, me. It's when he says sees Rollins in those cut-off shorts <laughs> that he used to wear when he was just on stage. Right? I just can't quit you, Henry. <laughs> That's a chapter in the comic book. Oh, of course um, it is. What was this? Oh yeah, so anyway, my buddy uh my buddy takes him on and we do the interview and uh yeah, as I say, I did my research, so uh, we did we did a good interview. And my buddy's idea was correct. Like he um uh, it made uh, him do some more interviews and then I think he was in London for like three maybe four days and the London show was at the end of this period of time and so I'm texting my buddy going I uh, just want to confirm you put me on the guest list for tickets because I want to go to the show and uh, didn't hear back from him for hours and then I get this text message back going yeah you're good for tickets but I won't see you there Danzig fired me today I'm at the airport on the way home <laughs> it's like alright so you were Danzig's manager for like five days so I guess and, the interview and, didn't go so great and, and no excuse you it was obviously the people after me he did more interviews as a result uh, of having a good time with me right, then, my, right. then my buddy took him to some to some crap people but I tell you another thing about like Danzig's whole kind of like air of, of just how he is that kind of rubs off on people he was playing the um, 
the Download Festival one year, big uh, rock and metal event in uh, in the UK. Right. And I, I was at it. Obviously, I wasn't camping because, good God. Um, so I'm staying at a hotel. I mean, not a, you know, like a three-star kind of like bed and breakfast place. Nothing and fancy. I, I, no, no, no. But no Whitney Houston going up and down the elevator. No, but, but it put a roof over my head and, uh, you know, it made sure that I could piss into a stationary toilet, which is what I always look it's for. Always it. fine. Yeah, absolutely. I like to take a dump in the morning in a toilet that doesn't move anywhere before I go to the metal site so I don't have to negotiate that. Weirdo. Um, so, but I remember I was leaving to go to Download Festival in the morning and Danzig's people were checking in. And literally, the uh, the tour manager from Danzig was at the checking desk, yelling to the person that checked, "I'm with Glenn Danzig, and we need this." And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! It's a three star hotel. Like, get some perspective. But the the point being is like. How long have you worked with him? Does the just anger and demeanor rub off on people? It's like, it's, you know, people always say that dogs reflect the personalities of their owners. Right. I think like that's it in the Danzig world. Everyone is just angry and kind of aggressive like him. And that's how it, it kind of rubs you off. You can't be around Danzig screaming about his mother all day and not get a little angry. <laughs> right. Yeah, that might actually be a, that might actually be a thing. What about but father? Then he, but then he goes home to Henry. For some dirty black summer, and then he's and then he's fine again, right? You know what Danzig probably and you know, hates. And you know what the greatest thing is? Danzig's going to be looking out from the curtains, right? The net curtains, going, Henry, all the notes are moving in next door. We can finally get those burst pipes fixed because Daryl Hall's an expert on that. You know what Danzig definitely hates more than that comic? This podcast. <laughs> All right, more to get to in part two. This is Did You America. Okay, let's do part two of uh, Did You America. Quick reminder of Song of the Week. Uh, We choose three tracks, new outs, and invite you to vote. Uh, This week, you have a choice between these three songs. Skin by Beartooth. I went with Anton LaVey by Hobo Johnson. And uh, New York producer choosing Distorted Light Beam by Bastille. You can vote at uh, didyouamerica.com or there is a poll on my Twitter if it's easier for you to go there. I'm uh, Ian Camfield on Twitter. Uh, And uh, you can uh, get involved with Song of the Week. Skin by Beartooth. Anton LaVey by Hobo Johnson or Distorted Light Beam by Bastille. Uh, vote on the poll at Ian Canfield on Twitter or go to our DidYouAmerica.com website. That's also where you can uh, get one of our lovely t-shirts. Check out old episodes of this podcast or you can send us a message should you wish to get in touch with the show. Uh, our friend uh, Jimmy from Philly sent a message uh, this week about Roger Bennett the man from the Men in Blazers show. I don't wish to overload you with uh, too much soccer content this week because I'm aware that America doesn't like it and we did go big on the Euro Championships uh, during the previous episode. This bit, Forget about he's on Men in Blazers and that's about soccer. Focus mostly on the fact that he's a Brit who lives in America and has now released a book, which I believe is uh, his autobiography, and it's called Reborn in the USA. Uh, so uh, thank you, Jimmy from Philly, uh, for suggesting that Roger Bennett and I are the same person because the man who is the Brit who uh, I guess he's based in uh, the, all the people from uh, NBC Sports are in um, Connecticut right it's yeah, all that out, out, out that way um, I guess that's where he resides these days 
and uh, and has written a book uh, not about his love of soccer, but about how much he loves being a Brit. Who, uh, well, again, he's uh, it's like he's uh, suggesting he was born as one thing and wanted to become something else. He said, "I was born um, a Brit in an American's body," uh, much like that British guy who's now Korean, the influencer uh, Roger Bennett is now a full-blown American. Although I believe he went to a citizenship ceremony to achieve this. Did rather he than get the, the little mini flag? <laughs> What, a surgery? So it's attached to... No. <laughs> just referring that... Uh, just referring you to a joke I made in the previous podcast that uh, I keep an American flag up my ass as a vibrator at all times, so I'm constantly being turned on by America! <laughs> Are we all? Um... Yeah, Jimmy from Philly. I, so I, I did a little bit of research on this because I, I, I knew uh, Men in Blazers and I knew of Roger Bennett, but I, I never watched the, the, the Men in Blazers show. Um, so I wasn't aware that he was a British person who was, mo- uh, you know, massively in love with uh, America like myself. But uh, I do like the idea that uh, he's got this book called Reborn in the USA because uh, there's a video on his Twitter where he describes it as a love letter uh, to the United States and then goes into great details about how he grew up in the 80s and saw all of these American things in Liverpool and realized that Liverpool isn't where he should be and he should get to the greatest country on earth and that is what he's done it's not bad i uh i don't know first of all while you guys do have many similar similarities i don't know if you want to say like he's another version of you well i didn't say that jimmy from philly said that because i was gonna and say as much as i appreciate jimmy from philly listening this guy to the, wishes he had your hair the, <laughs> as much as i, I he, wish i had your hair he's bald right yes. <laughs> um yeah as much as i do appreciate jimmy from philly listening i don't know if you should ever pay attention to what someone from philly says in general agreed <laughs> i uh so i actually i knew a little bit about this guy before just because you know just general sports knowledge i'm not the biggest soccer fan but i had heard of the show before but just knowing that you know you brought up that he had made this book, I started doing a little online research of him. I think Roger Bennett is also my favorite person. I point you to the first line of his personal life section of his Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and I quote, Bennett married Vanessa Kroll, daughter of Kroll Inc. founder Jules Kroll in 2000. His brother-in-law is comedian Nick Kroll. Bennett is Jewish. Three things right off the back. Married rich, has a hilarious brother-in-law, and is a Jew. I love him. Wow. Yeah, He's if perfect. You, you bring up anything with uh, celebrities, and if Jeremy wasn't aware that they were Jewish before, because Jeremy is Jewish, he'll always go, oh, he's a Jew. Every, every Jewish <laughs> that person. That really matters yes, to you. It really, it really does. There is something about Jewish people where we are very intrigued by hearing someone else is Jewish. It's almost like, mm, they didn't get you. Congrats. <laughs> Well, I do identify with him, uh, you know, uh, as someone growing up in the 80s and uh, realizing that you're not where you should be. Um, I mean, certainly, I mean, he grew up in Liverpool. I mean, good God. I went to Liverpool for a day once. That was enough, let alone spending like the first probably, I guess he spent a good uh, 20 years of his life there. You're just like, Uh, screw this place. Well, you know, yeah, a lot of good bands come out of Liverpool and there's a sense of uh, Liverpudlian pride about them. I guess, you know, most notably the Beatles. My rebuff my rebuff to that is always yeah none of them stayed there though did they <laughs> they moved to a proper country well I don't know if they all moved to a proper country but they certainly didn't stay in Liverpool the that, was, that was not what they, that was not what they wanted to do um 
But he talks about uh, how he went to a Beastie Boys concert in the 80s. This is a bit suspect. Uh, he said that there, there was tear gas and a riot at the show, and he thought, oh, yes, America's the place to be. <laughs> I want to be there. And uh, discovered an early-on love of uh, the Bears. I guess that was when Chicago was winning Super Bowls. In the 80s, you yeah, said? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, when they were at their peak. Yeah, back then. So uh, that kind of gave him uh, his love. I think where we differ is on this video that I watched uh, when he's promoting the book. Two of the things that he brings up that made him decide that he absolutely had to be in America was when he was in Liverpool, he was watching the TV show Heart to Heart and listening to Tracy Chapman. Huh. I don't know that listening to... Maybe you got a fast car. You got the same and I I don't know about like listening to that makes you go like, oh my god, I must be in America. There, I mean, clearly this guy has made his Tracy Chapman fandom known because the last sentence of that personal life section is he is fond of Tracy Chapman and Tweed. I feel like both of those things are very British, so he should probably get rid of those if he wants to stay in America. Yeah, well, but uh, you do bring up a good point, Jimmy, from Philly. And I am, uh, you know, generally uh, any Brits who have chosen to abandon Shitsville and uh, make a life in a proper country, I'm very supportive of. Um, Apart from, and I don't know why I've got such an issue with him, James Corden rubs me a bit the wrong way. (laughs) I think it's the weight. You're a fattest. No... You just love me. I... He... I don't know. It's something about that late show. I don't... You know what it is? It's because even though he's moved to a proper country, he makes it very known that, like, he still loves England. And I think that rubs you the wrong way. I think you might be right about that. I'm always right about everything. There's there's enough dislike in me uh, towards James Corden to get on that Reddit page and start going, yeah, the segment with the Asian food is racist. (laughs) You know, which, you know, I couldn't believe anything further from that. Um, You already said it. I don't dis... I don't... I don't... Like, I, I kind of... I get the talent of James Corden. I've seen clips of him, like, in the Broadway shows and the stuff that he does like the fact that he can sing and dance and do all that kind of stuff there's a great deal of talent there I just don't like him that much on that late show and you might be right because I think he does have a they've done a few weeks on several occasions of that late late show where they go back to the UK to film it and now I think about it when he's on the streets of London it's like he couldn't wait to get back there. Not only that, he just has a very punchable face. You know, he's one of those guys. Do you think that'll change as he gets thinner and there he's on the Weight Watchers that's not called Weight Watchers I mean, anymore? If you ask me, a fellow fat guy, no, I think it makes it substantially more punchable. I think I might have a problem with him as well because he replaced Craig Ferguson. And even though Craig Ferguson is, as far as I know, the only person who ever blocks me on Twitter and certainly the only famous person to do that. Um, that makes you love him more. I do still love Craig Ferguson. And I think there is a, I, you know, I got a problem with him like my granddad had with Roger Moore versus Sean Connery. Like, I don't, you just, I didn't, it was, it just never worked for me that well. So I think there might be an issue there with, um, uh, with the, with the replacement. But talking of that, the only other thing I would say about Roger Bennett is, uh, so his book is called Reborn in the USA. I very much enjoyed reading the Craig Ferguson autobiography that was called American on Purpose. And I think like Reborn in the USA, American on Purpose, 
they're both going to tell similar stories and they're both coming at it from a point of view of people that lived in Shitsville and didn't really enjoy it there but came to the USA wanting to be in the USA and when they finally arrived they loved it um, so I probably will, should, should get the uh, the Roger Bennett book I might I'm going to send him a message on Twitter and go I'm up for buying your book I just how many pages on Tracy Chapman because I want to <laughs> make sure that I'm going to get some sort of value from it those are some great uh, coming to America from England book titles. Now the only question is, for your inevitable, the trilogy of this series, what is your coming to America book title? we es- got to figure that out. Escape from Shitsville. <laughs> um, t- uh... Alcatraz uh, too. <laughs> all I want is all I want is good ice. Um, uh, I love the coffee refills. <laughs> uh, these are all incredible examples. Well, they're, but they're, these are like the sort of like day to day examples of things that I, you know, I, I think I'd like, skim through those books. Um, you know, um, yeah, this is the latest Brit loves America book with less Tracy Chapman. <laughs> you can't have less Tracy Chapman if it's a British book coming to America. Uh, I, uh, is she British? I don't think so. She's American, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But it seems like her fan base is definitely predominantly British. Let's be real. I, I mean, I got nothing against Tracy Chapman. She just doesn't like. No, re- me neither. Reborn in the USA, obviously a play on Born in the USA. If 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 um, Roger Bennett was telling me that listening to Bruce Springsteen made him want to live on the East Coast, and like I could get that, or like you know, if he said, you know, I spent a lot of time doing research back in the days when you had to go to libraries before Google to find out if Hall and Oates were actually in a gay relationship <laughs> and that just led me to love America like what right. those, like, those kind of things before if, it, the internet. if he said I got the Glenn and Henry Forever comic books and it used to cost me a fortune to get them sent over from the states by the, the by the postal service that I could understand it just doesn't scream Americana at no, me. You know, you know what I mean. I agree. Very British. You know. So yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get that. But anyway, Jimmy from Philly. Yeah, I appreciate the um, the uh, the message and. Uh, I think I might get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna t- tweet him and ask how much Tracy Chapman is in this book because I've got to w- work out if it's worthwhile. You're just gonna get a response a lot. Or I might get a response. I'm now the second somewhat famous Brit living in America who's about to block you on Twitter. Or even weirder response, dick pic. (laughs) (laughs) And back to cock talk. Yeah, you want some cock talk before we're done? In fact, linking it to linking it to Oh That's our new cock talk sound effect. Are you listening, New York producer? You're gonna have a new thing to put in. It's Jeremy doing a sound effect of a cock roll for cock talk. (laughs) Um Ringo Starr bringing in the Liverpudlian connection as well as we just mentioned the Beatles he's done the right thing and he's dropped his lawsuit against the sex toy uh, a company called Screaming O Pleasure Products who make a whole line of uh, different uh, things uh, including cock rings they had a thing called the Ring O get it Ring O <laughs> Ringo well, apparently he got mad about it. Um, he told them to stop with peace and love. Well, it's like he said, peace and love, but not with cock rings. <laughs> yeah, not that much love. It feels too good. 
well, maybe they tried one and went, actually, love with this feels even better. Now I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> it made it him depressed like, because he never knew love before that ring. <laughs> one ring to rule them all. This is going to be his new late night infomercial. Hey, I'm Ringo. I never knew love until I felt this ring. Man, this like, is the weirdest got, like, Fox News commercial. <laughs> It starts, you know, he does like the two finger sign, yeah. the, the rings on the two fingers, and then he takes it off the two fingers from doing the piece. I goes, but then I put it down here, and was like, my God, I'd never made such efficient love to my Bond girl wife until I was using this cock ring. It zoomed in on the peace sign, and then it zooms out to reveal it's two penises. <laughs> Well, here's my theory. Him and Joe Walsh. Here's my... <laughs> also, uh, can I just say, R Ringo Fast becoming my favourite member of, uh, of of the Beatles, certainly my favourite living member of the Beatles, because you bring up Joe Walsh, a regular in Ringo's band. If you look at the level of talent that tours with Ringo Starr when touring happens, with Joe Walsh from the Eagles and a bunch of real... Well, he's, he's always with Joe Walsh. Uh, but there's a bunch of... I can't remember the other people that regularly play in his band, but it's a really impressive lineup of people. And you look at that, and okay, you might be subjected to Yellow Submarine, which is three minutes no one ever needs. But generally, I look at that and I think I would rather that than Paul McCartney leading me through another rendition of Hey Jude. I mean, especially <laughs> if you buy a ticket and get a cock ring now as well with that added value. So here's my theory on this. Ringo Starr occasionally comes off as being a bit grumpy. You know, he does those things about he doesn't want to sign autographs and sometimes he's a bit sort of doing interviews but clearly doesn't want to be there. Right. You'll get the impression sometimes in interviews Ringo Starr's kind of going like... <sighs> I'm about 80. I haven't got that much longer left, and I'm just wasting an hour with you talking about, talking about this. Sometimes the peace and love comes off like, leave me the fuck alone. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes, like, those two fingers that way turn to two fingers the other way, and he's getting... <laughs> he drops the index <laughs> real quick. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I believe in 2019, he started to sue this company because he said the ring O was too close to Ringo. Um, and I think he was sort of saying, look... When you're called Ringo and you're a Beatle, it's one thing to have people name their pets after you, cats and dogs and that kind of thing. But um, a sex toy, it's a step too far. And then I think it was uh, coming up for a court case in 2021 and his lawyers probably contacted him and, uh, and he went, actually, do you know what? I've reconsidered this now. Having trialed the product, I think I'm fine. Because <laughs> here's the thing that they're doing. They've, they're just putting um, a, uh, a dash between the ring and the O. So it is actually like ring O rather than s seeming like right, ring O right. the word together. And he's going to... he's like, going to sue Jello next? <laughs> he's like, you know what? No, I'm fine with that now. So, um, and I don't know what the, the... There doesn't been any kind of information about the amount of money that, the, that may be exchanged hands or what made him okay with it. But I think your theory that he tried it and was like, oh, actually... Yeah. I mean, I mentioned he was, you know, he's always with Joe Walsh. There's a reason for that. I believe they're married to sisters. Like, I think both of their, yeah, some of their, maybe their ex-wives, something they're... I, I thought you were about to tell me they're married and they're moving in next door to Hall and Oates, who are now next door to well, Glenn and Henry saying, forever. If they have young twin wives... I mean, from every porno I've ever seen, sh shit's going to get freaky in that scenario. So I'm sure Joe Walsh, you know... Knowing his crazy self, he busted out the Ringo's and was like, buddy, put this on. You're going to love it. And the rest was history. Peace and love forever. <laughs>
that's the next comic book. Daryl Hall, <laughs> Daryl Hall, and John Oates have moved in next door to Glenn and Henry forever. But Daryl Hall, being a construction expert, looks at the amount of land that they've got and says, "You know what? We could build another house out here for Joe Walsh and Ringo Starr, and then they could live here as well." And then everyone's having fun with the Ring O's, and the whole show is brought to you by the pleasure. What are they called? The pleasure. Uh, screaming O pleasure products. Now the only thing Danzig is mad about is that he's the least famous person on the block. <laughs> but still going, dirty black summer. Ooh, ah. Now there's just a lot more dudes causing those oohs and ahs. <laughs> Was that you, Ringo? <laughs> nice cock ring, buddy. It's got my name on it. <laughs> slogan <laughs> why these ads aren't already running on Fox News <laughs> really is Gunfeld inter- interviews Guar straight into Ringo Cochran the Ringo advert is so perfect he's on there going like hey I'm Ringo even though I got myself a Bond girl and she's still, stu- still super hot sometimes I have a bit of trouble getting it going because I'm about 80 <laughs> especially if Paul McCartney sent me a fax during the day because that cunt really pisses me off <laughs> anyway if you're in the same situation but with substantially less money and fame you could buy the new Ringo I'm in I want three I'm actually wearing three right now. I gotta go. (laughs) And finally, just a little thing to uh, end on. Iron Maiden have started dropping cryptic clues as to their next album. They haven't actually confirmed that this is going to be their next album, but this looks to be the case. Uh, This has been unraveling online in the last 24 hours. Bruce Dickinson, the Iron Maiden singer, uh, did an interview about something completely different. Uh, But uh, he got asked during the interview if the rumours that Iron Maiden had a a new album in the can were true and what the the plans were for the band moving forward. And he said, oh, I can't uh, tell you uh, right now. But, you know, there are clues. In fact, uh, there are clues right in front of you. And what people now retrospectively think he was referring to was the fact that he was wearing a T-shirt that said on it, Belshazzar's Feast. And then they've been piecing together other bits of clues about the fact that at the Download Festival, big rock and metal event that happened a couple of weeks ago in the UK, there were random posters about the festival site for Belshazzar's Feast uh, with some words on them that may be song titles and also the date uh, July 15. So this uh, poster doesn't say anything about Iron Maiden, but it just says Belshazzar's Feast, Live Forever, Man or Beast, Heaven or Hell, July 15. And there's a bunch of other clues as well, which you can look for online. Uh, But I'm basically just uh, letting you know that I think the evidence here is conclusive that Iron Maiden in less than two weeks are going to drop some new music and there's a new album on the way. And the reason I'm telling you this, Jeremy, is that if you thought that my Iron Maiden obsession and the consistency with which they're mentioned on this podcast is quite high i'd like it to be known that you've only known me since covid during which time iron maiden didn't work at all there were no shows there was certainly no new music so i just want to leave you with this thought today 
Imagine what I become like when Iron Maiden are actually doing stuff. Well, folks, I am, you know, sadly, I have to announce that this will be my last episode on this podcast. I, I will not be able to bear that. There's already way... First of all, I, I know you're excited, and as, you know, the president of the Iron Maiden fan club, I'm sure, you know, you are privy to all this inside knowledge, but... Does the, it? Yeah, the new album's... Oh, I'm not, I was going to say something that I know about the new album. The new album's been done a long time. Carry on. Okay, well, I was going to say, Iron Maiden, to me, doesn't seem like the type of band, especially now in an older age, that are going to be, like, dropping these cool little hints and, like, is going to wear, like, a T-shirt that has a secret message on it. I feel like Bruce Dickinson is sitting back just like, oh, shit, I guess I'll release all this music because they think something new is coming. And now he's just going to kind of throw something together last minute Don't for you. Don't you piss on my level of excitement. No, like, I mean, your level of excitement. You should be happy with anything thrown together. This is how excited I get. The last time that they did a U.S. tour, they announced some dates. And uh, I was texting a bunch of friends like, Oh, my God, the Maiden's back and the dates are coming. And I went into the radio station that I was working for at the time. And I'm like, Maiden, 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 Maiden. And the people around me were just like trying to humor me, probably like, oh just let him do it because he's going to be like totally out of control like this and I was like yeah it's coming it's coming and I went like this for a couple of hours and then someone at the radio station came up to me and went I just looked at this tweet you sent out today the show is more than a year away and you're this excited and I was like yes yes <laughs> he's like man calm down we're not going to deal with this for the next six months <sighs> July 15th. Oh, two weeks? Well, they're gonna, that'll be when I think they're going to release a new song. Oh. Oh, so and this is gonna, all your inside info and, you're pulling out. Well, no, 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 because the poster says July 15th on it um, with this Belshazzar's Feast. I don't know. I'm a, Belshazzar's Feast it maybe is like the, the name of the album. I don't know or anything. Bruce Dickinson's future porno. <laughs> No, we've moved on from porno. Is Bruce Dickinson moving in with Glenn and Henry forever? We've next? never moved on from porno on this podcast, my friend. Because, <laughs> you know, live forever, heaven or hell, and man or beast, they sound like... I've only had this information for 24 hours. The only thing that's... You know how, like, if you hear a song, it becomes an earworm? Right. All I'm hearing in my head now are what I think those Iron Maiden songs would sound like. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm literally... God. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I've got some lyrics already to man or beast in my head about what it would sound like. Like, that's how excited I am for the prospect of well, this. Well, go on. Give us a preview. No, 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 no. no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not... I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do that but it's um i'm just because uh, jeremy you know why i'm not going to do that why because there's so much more iron maiden oh, coming <laughs> you're like so you're the rare fan that you're you're still actually enjoying the new music oh my god i argue with people who claim to be iron maiden fans and just want to hear number of the beast and run to the hills all the time about how great the new music is on the previous album before it came out, they, they did a press release about the new album and all the stuff behind it. And they highlighted that there was so much on this album that as a vinyl version, it was coming out as a, a, as a double album. And that the last song on what was Iron Maiden's last studio album 
was an 18 and a half minute track about an airship crash that was the entirety of side four. And I'm getting slightly erect just thinking about that now. And I've had that song for five years. He's not even lying. He's hard as a rock right if now. I had a Ringo cock ring at the moment, oh my God, you don't even want to think about There'd it. There'd be plastic pieces exploding oh, everywhere. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> The main, the back. They're not even back yet. And look at this. Look at this. They're back. <laughs> Belshazzar's. I can't, I can't wait till you get disappointed in two weeks. He's like, guys, it's just a t-shirt. I don't know. Some fan gave it to me. It felt good on my nipples. I, suddenly, they told me I was doing a Zoom interview. I had nothing out of the laundry. It was all I could wear. <laughs> you should see I'm not even wearing pants right now. <laughs> Boom. Stands up tube an incident. <laughs> Iron Maiden canceled. <laughs> Only for like three months. Belshazzar's feast. July 15. Let's do it. You know what you know what you should really be excited about is based on the calendar. You know what we'll be doing on July 15th? This right here. Ladies and gentlemen, 2 weeks from now, we get to either this break down the new Iron Maiden record or we get to listen to Canfield cry for an hour. <laughs> they haven't let me down yet. Well, get ready, boy. Oh, all right. We're done for another edition, I think. I left the best till last. We always do. Belshazzar's Feast. Also, I prefer that, ending on cock that talk. Name, but... That name also is kind of ridiculous, lends itself to me thinking that we might be in for a concept album. I'd like nothing to be less than 10 minutes. It's going to all on be about album. feet. What? It's all going to be about feet. That's the concept. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't, I'm not an Iron Maiden fan. I don't know what they're into. Maybe he's got a foot fetish. Don't kink bash. You're about to learn a lot about Iron Maiden <laughs> over the coming more, Great. more than you ever wanted to know. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, we're done. Uh, DigiAmerica.com. If you want to talk to us, if you want to uh, vote for Song of the Week, you can do there. You can vote for Song of the Week at Ian Canfield on Twitter. You can check out old episodes. Um, you can buy our lovely DigiAmerica t-shirts. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Feel good on your nipples. Uh, maybe we'll get a new version that also combines Belshazzar's Feast. Uh, no, I feels don't. good on your feet, nipples. Right, exactly. Also and, known as toes. Uh, oh, two weeks till Maiden. Bye. <laughs>